This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 15. Last week, we discussed how our connection to our global community, especially in the setting of this pandemic, has made it more necessary than ever to use our voice and to speak up for humanitarian crises. We discuss the importance of building our community both locally and globally and using those tools and resources to build meaning and purpose in our life. If you took away the limiting belief that you have to wait for the perfect time to create meaning and purpose, to follow your passions, to do the things that you want to in this lifetime, what could that mean for you? And I hope that you've had some time to explore this and enjoy the process of self-discovery and using journaling as a tool to create your reset and to explore what that can mean in your life. Now, before I share our topic for this week, I want to extend a special invitation for all my physician friends to join us to build your time for renewal and reset, to focus on yourself, to renew those promises you made to yourself, to realign with what will serve you and to reignite your passion for your purpose. The Physicians Coaches Collective is a collaborative collaborative effort by physician coaches, and we're honored to share the space and continue to build this empowering community to help you and support you through your transformational journey. We will be having two hours of wisdom on resetting your mind and your body, including resetting your body through connecting to your senses, resetting your day with productivity tips, resetting your mindset to become a confident physician leader, resetting your fitness to get to your next level, resetting your relationships with self-compassion and taking your career and life an octave higher. And as a bonus, we'll have an hour of group coaching where you get to take all of these pearls of wisdom shared by physician coaches and learn how to apply this to your own life, to your own dreams that you want to launch. So if you started this year with great intentions, but have now fallen back into a rut, if you've decided that you're ready to change and you're curious about coaching and what it can do for you, then this is for you. I'll leave more information in the show notes so you can find out more about this program and take the next step for your reset today. With seven physician coaches sharing powerful tools to help you reset on May 8th from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 30% of the proceeds will go to Humanity Auxilium to support humanitarian relief across the globe. Check out our webpage, message me or comment below if you're curious and you want to know more. I would love to see all of you there. I want to continue along this theme of self-discovery and connected to something that 
we all think about, we worry about. It features a huge part of our stress factor, and yet none of us like to talk about it, and that's money. So money is turned into this word that really forms a lot of limiting beliefs for us. We think, I worry how things are going to be. There's a lot of uncertainty. I worry how I'm going to pay the bills, or what if there are changes? I mean, the pandemic has caused a lot of changes. What if there are future changes? What can we do to build financial freedom for ourselves? And at the same time, this is something I hear quite frequently. I don't want to be that person that only thinks about money. Money's not important to me. And, and we feel like thinking about money or talking about money or giving priority to money is somehow making us a bad person. And for the longest time, even I had a lot of these limiting beliefs about my own finances. And then I had a couple of emergencies that came up in my life. And I realized that by burying my head in the sand or by really high hiding the truth from my brain, all I'm doing is creating more mind drama and stress that is unnecessary. Money, like time, is completely neutral. There's nothing wrong or bad inherently about money, but it's what we do with it. It's our intention around it and how we use it that can sometimes have some negative connotations and somehow this it builds in our mind into this terrible thing that we never want to think about or proactively work on. When I stopped thinking of money as a problem and instead thought of money as similar to time where I get to choose what I do with my money and money gives me freedom to make those choices independent of external pressures. That made a huge difference in my life. I used to make decisions worrying about what if the whole scarcity thought, what if I won't be able to pay the bills? What if I take this chance and do something that I'm really passionate about? What could that mean? Maybe my kids won't be able to go to college or I won't be able to pay my mortgage or whatever it may be. And I realized that there's actually more than plenty in our life in so many different ways. And by making decisions that are really free from these types of internal or external pressures, where we tell ourselves we have to do something that we really hate, because that's the only way that we can do something such as paying our bills, and also believing some of the limiting beliefs about money that we might have inherited from our parents or from our family, such as the only way to make money is if you you work hard and you give up everything you love. Money is a bad thing and it causes problems in our lives, etc. So I just want to start the conversation by saying, what if you thought of money like you think of time? And I know we've talked a little bit about time before and how time also isn't anything that is controlling us. To take a moment to just refresh everyone's memories on talking about time as a neutral circumstance. So we think of time as this pressure that we have to get something done. Oh, I don't have enough time to do this. I really want to work out. I really want to eat healthy or I really want to spend time with my family or all of the things that you want to do. And you tell yourself, oh, I don't have time for that because of some external thing that is somehow controlling your time when in reality, you control your time, right? You pick how your time is spent when you build clarity. But by allowing all of these limiting beliefs about time to control our mind, we somehow feel like we're the victim of time. time 
time tells us what to do and we just do it. Instead, if we create the time, we implement what we want to see happen in our life. So I want to take that and, and connect it to money again and say money is just a neutral circumstance. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it may be. All of these are just numbers and they're completely neutral. And we create stories or we create these thoughts in our mind about what that means. I have $5 in my purse. Oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. I don't want to do this job anymore because see, I'm missing out on, on all the things that I want to do and it's all because of money. So we really want to take back all of these thoughts that aren't really true and just bring it back to the neutral circumstance, which is we have a $10 bill. What are some thoughts that we can build and bring it back to money as a fact? Now, how do we build on this? How do we create knowledge? How do we learn more about our finances, about the debt that we have? How do we build financial independence and financial freedom? And I am so excited about my guest this week because she is perfect to talk about this because she has an amazing perspective on this that that I believe is going to be transformational for you to listen to. Now, I also want to share that she was just recently on the Today Show talking about being a physician entrepreneur and what that means. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, please check it out as well. And I hope you'll tune in for future episodes as we continue this journey of self-discovery and building tools to live our best life. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today. Dr. Latifat is a physician, she's a mom, she's a wife, and she's a money coach. She helps women physicians take their finances from a place of chaos or uncertainty certainty to a place of financial freedom and clarity with that overwhelm. Hi, Latifat. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Serene, for having me here. I'm really excited to come hang out with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to hang out with you as well. And I can't wait to hear a little bit more about your journey and how have you found your entrepreneurial journey and how do you balance that with being a physician, a mom, a wife, all of the different hats that you wear. would love to hear how your journey has been. Yeah, the hat you didn't talk about is my hammock loving. I also am a hammock lover. I love spending time in there. Yeah, that's so awesome. Great. As a, another hammock lover, I'm so <laughs> excited to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I am, like you said, I'm a mom. I'm a GI doc. I live in California and I practice medicine and I plan to practice medicine for a long time because I truly enjoy it. And my love for medicine is actually why I ended up in this space. So I graduated fellowship about five years ago. I knew nothing about money, nothing. I did not have a 401k. Money was overwhelming money was that dirty little secret I didn't want to talk to anybody about because God forbid that they see that I don't know it. And as you probably know, when you're in medicine, especially in academic setting at all, there's a lot of stigma against having money and talking about money and just being financially independent. It's almost like you're anti-science. So that's where I started from. And one day I had a day where I looked around and I saw how much burnout there was in medicine. My attendants were burning out. People were like just not loving what they did, even though they're amazing humans. And what I realized at that moment was that if I continued on the path that I was going in terms of ignoring my finances and not having that 
that power of choice that I was going to end up in the same way. So for me, that was like that moment where I realized that I had to get my money figured out. I had to figure out how much I owed. I had to like face the fears that I had and realize that I was not going to die by looking at my money. And so for me, that's how this journey started. And I didn't start this to be an entrepreneur. I started this to prevent my own burnout. That was it. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you asked me five years ago, if I would ever think of having a business, I would go, no, that's not for me. <laughs> I'm a doc. My goal is to be an IBD doc and be excellent at it. And that's it. But what I found was that the more I learned about finances in terms of the numbers, people were coming to me, like my friends, my colleagues would text me and ask me questions. I was the go-to person for anything money related. So I realized that, okay, I wasn't the only person with this problem. Many people have this problem. And then I had a moment where I'm like, actually, this doesn't make sense. Why do physicians struggle so much with money when we are so incredibly smart? Mm -hmm. And that's because there's an emotional part to money. There's a psychological part to money. There's a cognitive part to money that no one was talking about. So that's what started this process of me learning like the life coaching and the psychological part of money. And now I combine that with financial education so I can help people truly find out why they're struggling with the money problems they have. And what I find is when we find those real causes, not what we think is the cost, what the real cost is, once we fix it, money becomes easy and women do amazing things with their personal finances once we get to that moment. So that's a version of how this journey started and how I'm where I am today. That's amazing. And how empowering it is to be in control because I can tell you so many of what you said just resonated with me. One of the things is we work so hard. We really are clueless a little bit because we spend most of our sort of growing years in school learning to be a physician. And then you graduate. And for most of us, there's an element of debt involved. And we've been living marginal for so long that when you get your first real paycheck, I think most of us, me including, like really just didn't know how to manage it. And I wish that I knew about your program and knew a little bit more about how to manage my own limiting beliefs and my own fears about money. There's so many thoughts of scarcity and thoughts of, oh, I, I'm just not good at it or all of these things that come up. And it took me a long time really to learn in the school of, what is it they say, the school of life or hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, that's how I learned is I realized that the more I just didn't pay attention to my money, then the less choice I had. And really one of the amazing things over time, I, I encountered others who helped me along the journey a little bit, but I would never have had the choices that I did when I did feel like I'm so burnt out. What am I going to do? I need to make a change in my life. If I did not have financial freedom at that time where I felt like, okay, I can pay my bills. I can take care of things. I don't have any other extraneous debt. And it took a while to get all the debt done and get everything taken care of. But at that moment, money wasn't a factor in my decision. I could think what is good for me? What is good for my family? That's what I need to do. Not, oh, I have to do this because I have no choice. I have to pay the bills. And so I have to do this. So I think that financial wellness as a factor that supports us in really addressing burnout is so huge. And it's really under-recognized. When we have financial freedom, we can do what we want to do for our patients, for our clinical practice, for our career, and for our family without thinking, oh, it's, I don't think I can do it because of money. And so I think that money not being a factor just gives us so much more freedom in our mind. 100%. And I cannot agree with you more. And if you are 
in healthcare at all, if you are a physician, a nurse, whatever it is you do, burnout is real. Burnout mm-hmm. is real. And there are so many factors that contributes to burnout. There is those thought that it's out of our control. There's the administrative control of medicine. There is a perception of loss of our voice. And part of that is because we think we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So imagine when people have multiple sources of income where they're no longer afraid of their debt. The debt may still be there, but we've given them the cognitive ways to rethink their debt. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it gives people the power of choice. And I cannot tell you how much that thought by itself, that realization decreases burnout or your perception of burnout by like 30%. So I, don't, I had a day when in the middle of COVID, I'm doing procedures in the middle of the night. I love what I do. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. to get a chance to do this. COVID has been not just physically hard for a lot of people. It's emotionally, psychologically hard. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those days. And as a GI doctor, you've seen GI bleeders. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of things, a lot of pathology from COVID. And I had a moment where I was exhausted. And I actually asked myself, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then the response that came to me was, I'm here because I want to. And I don't have to be here. I can choose to change this. I can choose right. to do this a day of my life and I'll be okay. And just that moment, I physically felt the relief on my shoulders. And I was like, this power of choice is so important that I need every physician, every woman physician mm-hmm. to have this. Because what we have, we can actually practice medicine in a way that's healthy. And it's not about fire. In fact, I don't believe in all those fire movement, like rushing out of whatever it is you want to do. But when we actually can practice medicine in a pace that's healthy for us, we can choose to practice in settings that are healthy for us. We will be the physicians we dreamt of when we thought about medicine. Yeah. And guess what? Our patients win. We win. Our community wins. And we create a generation of physicians that are practicing medicine, not because they have to, but because mm-hmm. they want to. Yeah, absolutely. And so empowering. I think that itself, like you're right, 30, it knocks out the burnout <laughs> element of feeling like I have no choice. I'm It's hopeless or feeling helpless. Just saying, I choose to be here because I want to be. And instead of saying, okay, I have to do this. So I think that's such a huge, huge part of really just addressing that loss of autonomy and feeling of lack of choices. So I love that. So one of the things you'd mentioned earlier is sometimes thinking about money is overwhelming. And and I have felt overwhelmed because I keep thinking, I don't even know what any of these acronyms mean. The first time I sat through one of these presentations, even during residency, and when you're in practice, the, the hospital put together a presentation for financial education, if you will, and they talk about 401k and this and that. There's so many things that come up. And one of the things that is overwhelming about it is that we feel like there's this whole other language we have to learn. And how do we know? Are we saving enough? Are we considering the children's education? Or at what point do we need to consider stratifying your financial profile, et cetera? For someone just getting started, what would be a good place for you to just recommend to to start thinking about their finances? It's completely normal to be overwhelmed. And it's completely normal to not know. I think that is a basic point, but really important point. Because part of the frustration we feel is we're like, but I should know. And everybody tells you, you should know when no one actually has taught you ever. Mm -hmm. It's the same as expecting a college student to know how the cranial nerves work. You're not (laughs) supposed to, right? Mm -hmm. And think about it. How many times did you have to look at it, to revise it, to revisit it before you actually got it? But no one expects you to know that. But yet when it comes to finances, we expect that because we're physicians automatically by osmosis or diffusion or whatever, know this stuff. So the first thing is, of course you don't know it. Of course you don't. No one's ever taught you in a language that you understand. And 
then when you're like, okay, I should know it, you open your mouth and the next thing everybody talks about, they start throwing complicated words like at you, like they're dark, right? And they're like, oh my goodness, what the heck? I'm out of here. So the thing is, it's important to understand that there's no one size fits all. Your personal finance is personal. And expecting that you should know 100% on day one is very unkind of you to require of yourself. So be kind to yourself and understand that you have to start from somewhere and that's okay. And so what I always remind people is you don't even have to know everything. You should just know where to reference and where to go back to refresh your mind. And there are some highest yield points. And that's what I actually want in my program. I don't teach people how to know everything. What I focus on, because knowing everything is not valuable. It's like expecting yourself to be a human encyclopedia. It's only for <laughs> bragging rights. What I always tell people is you don't have to know everything, but you need to know and you should know the important things. So I always tell people it's the 20% that they need to win a hundred, like 80% of mm-hmm. their finances. And, but we don't start with the 20%. We need to start with the, the teaching you the psychological skills first, looking at where you are, like that awareness of where are you, where are, what do you have? What do you think about money? What are those limiting beliefs you may have about money? How did you get here today? Mm-hmm. So that's where I always start with people from people are like, I want to get to the finish. So I'm like, no, not yet, because <laughs> it's of no point or value. If you have $50 billion but you don't feel rich. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that is we start from scratch. And then we teach you the cognitive stuff, like how to rethink money, how to understand that it's doable, how to figure out the fact that you don't have to compare with others Mm -hmm. and there are different paths to success. And once we get that foundation sorted out, then the numbers part gets easy because now you're like, all the real reasons why you're struggling with money is now taken care of. You have Mm -hmm. the tools and then you can learn how do I create a spending plan? Even if I hate budgeting, because I hate budgeting. (laughs) Like, how do I save? How do I spend? What should I be spending on? Like, why am I spending? What should I invest my money on? What are the sources of income I can do? And those parts get super easy because we've just dealt with the real problems behind why women physicians struggle with money. I love that. And what an empowering way to actually look at money instead of as a problem or this overwhelming thing that you have to address, but really just saying it's part of what we do. And how do we use these tools to help us understand where we come from? and where we want to go. I think that's an incredible way to look at it. What are some of the common challenges that you've heard of from women physicians when they talk about finances, other than the general, the the overwhelm and the not knowing that language, but what are some other common challenges that you've heard of? The other one that I hear a lot of is the shame. How come I don't know this? I should know this. I'm a physician. And sometimes depending on when you actually get to learn about money or start to learn about it, some people don't learn about it until 15 years after they've been in practice. And it's, I should have known. How can I tell people that I don't have money? How can people believe that I'm a physician? I'm expected to have my finances together, but I don't. I think I want to retire. I'm burning out from medicine, but I don't think I have a choice. And people can spiral down into depression from this. So it's actually a big problem. And then what I have to get people to do is we have to forgive ourselves for the past. Mm -hmm. And then where are we now? And how how do we rebuild? What are the numbers saying? How much debt do you have. I help people rethink what they think about debt, right? Because debt by itself is not evil. It's a tool that you can use to either build wealth or not. And it's up to you to figure out how you want to use it. So those are all the things that we work on. And then it's like the definitions, but I've learned about bonds 5 million times, but I still cannot. And then we get to 
the point where it's, it's okay not to know what a bond is. You don't have to have a bond. Yes, these are the advantages, but you get to choose whether that's in line with what you want or not. I'll give you a specific example of someone I was speaking. We worked together on their finances and this is actually someone that had money in terms of numbers, mm-hmm. but they just didn't feel like they were confident in it or empowered about it. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was we did all the things that we're talking about where literally from one point to the next and learn this process. And four months later, someone called them to talk about general life or whatever and said, oh, I have a money related question about the investments, but don't worry, I'm going to call your husband. And at that, and she said, normally that would have been fine. But then at that moment, like three months after doing this work that she hadn't done in 40 something years, Mm -hmm. she said, actually, wait a minute, talk to me. And she was able to have a conversation with them. And yeah, and to go from where they were three months before to that point, learning the things that they hadn't learned in over 40 years tells you the fact that it's not about just the numbers. Mm -hmm. It's about the fact that no one is teaching us how to learn this in a way that's not overwhelming and in a way that can definitely be personalized to fit our specific situations and our goals. Yeah. And I love the understanding of forgiving ourselves for our past mistakes, because how could we have made choices that when we didn't have the knowledge or the information and then continuing to beat ourselves up for, for the mistakes, all the things that you did wrong. So I think that forgiving and letting go of the past is also a very huge part of wealth building, financial wellness, and just really personal wellness. And it's not just about finances. I think that especially women and a lot of us tend to be in that perfectionistic kind of boat where we want to do things right. And we're trying not to make mistakes, but the reality is life, there are going to be some bumps, there are going to be some mistakes. And that's actually part of the learning part of life. And by holding us accountable for every one of them and saying, okay, every time something comes up, I used to be so self-critical. And like, every time something came, I'm like, last time I did this mistake. And I would say this over and over. And after actually a couple of years, I realized, why do I keep beating myself up for something that happened a few years ago? It really doesn't even have any consequence now. Why am I doing this to myself? And just learning to first bring awareness and then forgive myself for things that, you know, has happened. And it was at a time where I didn't have the knowledge that I do now. So I think that's such a valuable tool to apply to all parts of life. Absolutely. In fact, what you just said now reminds me of, I was given a talk, I think it was a group coaching or masterclass something, but someone asked a question and said, how can I pay off my debt as soon as possible? I need to get rid of this debt now. And I said, why? Mm -hmm. She said, because I don't want to have this debt. Why? And when we really got down to the bottom of it, her point was, it's because it reminds me of the mistakes that I made in the past. Mm -hmm. So it really wasn't the debt. So the first step we had to do is help her learn to forgive herself. And then after that is done, we're like, okay, now let's look at the debt and let's be objective. How much do you owe? What interest do you have? What's the interest rate on it? When do you want to pay it off? How do you want to pay it off? And then at that point, we were able to help her breathe Mm -hmm. and not have to rush in a way that's unhealthy. And Mm -hmm. what I tell people is when you actually are able to learn those psychological tools, you achieve everything you want to achieve and more in a healthier way, in a breathable way. So you don't have to live a life that's miserable on the way to the journey, on the way to the destination. Because as we all know, a lot of what we do in life is actually the journey, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're like, I can't wait to pay off this debt. It's just horrible. (laughs) I can't breathe. It's suffocating. It's we just, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. None of us, our lives are not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So why leave that life in pain when we could learn how to help you think in a way that's more optimal, in a way that's healthy so that you can actually have money and live richly. 
because that's mm-hmm. the goal. It's not just about the numbers. The numbers are important. I don't want you to have nothing and feel good. I want you to have money and feel good about it. That's the right. goal. And really just understanding money by itself is not good or bad. It's neutral. Money is like time. It's like our energy. It's a resource and we get to use it to create what we want. I think you were talking about the I'll be happy when fallacy that a lot of us, you know, oh, I'll be happy when I've lost this much weight or I've paid off all my debt or when I retire, then I'll travel. Or you you put these things on hold and you think that right now I need to hold my breath and finish all this stuff, but I can't really live the way I want to until XYZ happens. And XYZ is typically a moving target because when do you arrive there? And so I think just recognizing this year more than any other year, just it is so we have no idea what tomorrow is to be. And so just to live today, connecting to the joy in the moment, connecting to our loved ones, enjoying what we do have and knowing that there's nothing magical that happens when you've paid off your debt or when you've lost 50 pounds or whatever, that goal that you think is going to bring happiness, that happiness can be experienced today. And how do we connect to that? And then the journey is just more joy along the way instead of, oh, I have to finish this somehow before I can get there. Yep. Yep. And it's a huge part of overall wellness. And it's a huge part of the financial Mm -hmm. wellness that I hope for every woman physician, because literally, what's the point of it? Mm -hmm. If you don't feel well, I've had women physicians that have shared with me that they're working crazy hours because they just want to pay off that debt. And they're not seeing their kids, even though that's what they want. They want to spend time with their kids. They want to spend time with their family. But they're like, yeah, I'm working literally a hundred and something hours so I can get this money and pay off this debt. And it's like, why don't we do this in a way that's healthy? Because what people don't think about is the fact that when we are overwhelmed, when we are overexhausted, we actually spend more money because we don't have time mm-hmm. to enjoy the things that are truly beautiful about life. We try to dull our emotions and feeling by spending on ourselves and on other people, including our kids. And there's nothing wrong with balance spending. I want you to spend, but I recommend in general value-based spending. Mm-hmm. But when you're spending out of guilt, when mm-hmm. you're spending because you feel a void, then you're going to have to work more. So the thing is, when you think you don't have time to think about your finances, that's when you actually need to think about your finances so that you can have time. Oh, so true. And just would love to hear, have you had anything shifted as far as mindset or perspective just from the last year? Would love to hear how things have shifted for you. Absolutely. And I always tell people that it's always about continued growth, right? And sometimes when I say that, when people hear about continued growth, it's like, are you never going to reach the destination? It's Mm -hmm. not about looking for the light at the end of a tunnel. It's about being content with where you are and still growing, even in that place of content. And the reason why I bring that up is when it comes to mindset and the way that I communicate now, that's exactly how I feel. It's not like one is better than the other. It's just continued growth in where I am and where I'm evolving to be. So a lot of this is I'm continuing to grow and I will continue to grow. But one main thing that I will share, and I think I'm choosing to share this because I it's really common amongst us women, is when it comes to money, we are, the reason why a lot of us are afraid of it and avoid it is because we're afraid of who we think money is going to turn us into. And that was something that I had fear about because I think I'm a decent human. And, but there was a part of me that felt like, oh, if I have this amazingly successful business, that means I'm not going to be the kind of mother that I want to be. Mm-hmm. If I have all this money, that means I'm going to be a different kind of wife. That means I'm going to 
going to be a different kind of doctor. And that scared me enough that I avoided it. And then one day I was talking with my husband and I'm like, yeah. And I didn't even know that was the case. This was a blind spot. Mm -hmm. All I knew was that I was talking about money. I was teaching about money, but I really wasn't trying to be a success at it. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized the fact that it's because I was truly afraid of this, it was because I was truly worried about what money was going to turn me into. And then I'm like, actually, wait a minute. Money is like water. Mm -hmm. It has no shape. It takes the shape of the container you put it in. So unless I'm a horrible person, money is not going to make me more horrible. Mm -hmm. If I'm decent, money is not going to change me. It just becomes a tool Mm -hmm. that me, Latifah, this decent human now gets to use in a decent way for good. Mm -hmm. And it was a small shift, but it was a powerful shift that is literally the reason why I'm sitting down here in front of you doing this podcast. Because if I didn't really recognize that, if I didn't really change that, acknowledge Mm -hmm. that and make it into a product and to a version that actually will provide more value to the world, I would not be here today. Wow. That's incredibly powerful. Thank you for sharing. It's so true. I love what you said about blind spots too, because we don't recognize them. Something, we say something and we're like, uh, I didn't know I felt that way. And so what an incredible recognition and self-awareness to be able to realize this is part of a limiting belief that you had that something was going to happen. And, and I do think that is a fear that a lot of people have that money is somehow evil and it'll turn everything into evil instead of just recognizing money again like time and energy are just resources and we get to choose what we do with it if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self is there any piece of advice or anything that you would tell her i think i would just tell her keep going it's gonna be okay it turns out okay you're not a one-trick pony just keep going (laughs) it's okay and it will be okay it will be okay i love that thank you i think we all need a little hug and and someone to say that to us sometimes so true yes yes. and that's something i've been thinking about a lot more lately is and especially for those that are listening this could be in your personal life this could be in your professional life i think a lot of times we're looking for that outside validation Mm -hmm. we're looking for that what should i do and i'm a coach i'm here to help you and i'm pro that and i've i have i've invested more in coaching for myself as a consumer Mm -hmm. in the last two years than ever before in my life Mm -hmm. and i think it's a huge part of my growth so i'm definitely pro that but one thing that I remind myself of is I ask my future self Mm -hmm. questions more intentionally these days, which is, okay, Latifah, in this version in December that has this outcome, what decisions will you make today? Mm -hmm. And she's yet to lead me astray. She's yet to. So talk to her a little bit more, tune into her and just that version, whatever it is you want to create. If you want to pay off your debt in December, ask her what decisions would she make today? Mm -hmm. If you want to be a stay-at-home mom in December, ask her what decision would you make today? Whatever it is, ask yourself because your successful version is the best advice giver ever. So true. Our future self is really, it's a powerful voice within us. And the best part is it's within us. We can access that and connect to that without feeling like, oh, we need someone else outside of us to tell us what to do. So that's perfect. If any of our listeners wanted to find out more about your programs and get in touch with you, where would they find your information? So I have a lot of information that are free on my website, which is www.moneyfeedmd.com 
Com. I have a vlog. I do educational components to help people create a rich life. And that is the financial action steps as well as the mindset piece to it. And I also do help women through one-on-one -on -one coaching, usually over a four to six months period where we do this thing together and take them from where they are to where they want to be. And as I have my program as well, that mm -hmm. is a powerful vehicle that helps women learn the three keys of the three steps that I use to help women go from a place of financial chaos and overwhelm to just being financially confident and free. And that's my hope for every woman physician is we can be in that place where we can live the lives we want, make, create the world we want, use our voice for good without having to worry about financial consequences. And that's what this is all about for me. What a beautiful, empowering statement. Perfect place to end. Thank you <laughs> so much. I'll include that information in the show notes as well. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more. I really really appreciate all of the wisdom that you've shared today and all of the time that you've spent with us. It was really fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. I don't get to see as much as I would like to, but when I do, it's always a lot of fun. And I'm just so grateful for your presence. It's very soothing and I love being in it. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. For my listeners, if there are any topics that you want to hear more, please drop a comment below. I would be happy to add those to our weekly content. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.